Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's time to receive the word of God. And if you're happy about it, clap your hands and express your joy to the Lord. I want you to turn your Bibles with me, please, to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, and we're reading from verse number 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. You guessed right, but don't think you have me all figured out because I can trick you. All right, Genesis chapter 12, reading from verse number 1. Are the young ones in the house? They are making their presence felt. Genesis chapter 12, reading from verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I am declaring to somebody today that God will cause greatness to come out of you. God will start something great with you. And God will cause you to be so mightily blessed that you will become famous. Not famous for all the wrong reasons, but famous for all the right reasons. That means that people will hear astonishing things about you, amazing things about what God has done with you, that you become a topic for discussion in many homes. In the name of Jesus, may God cause you to be a shining star in your family. May God cause you to be a shining star in your generation. May your life be an outstanding life in Jesus' name. Can I hear your loudest amen? amen? May you be so greatly blessed that you will become a blessing to others. You cannot say that you have been blessed until you become a blessing to others. Otherwise, I question your greatness. If others don't chop some from your blessings, from your increase, from your abundance, I question whether you are truly great. But I'm declaring to you today that your greatness will be profound and others will be blessed because of you. Shout a loud amen. amen. He said, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. From today, anybody who says something good about you, may that person become blessed. Anybody who wishes you well, may that person do well himself or herself. May good things come the way of all those who do you good and say good things about you. And as for those who treat you with contempt, you know, to treat somebody with contempt means you disrespect the person. It means that you don't regard the person. It means that you look with a sudden scorn at the person. That's what it means to treat somebody with contempt. When you treat somebody with contempt, it's like the person is nothing to you. It's like the person is expendable. It's like the person is dispensable. I want you to watch this film, Rambo 2. Rambo, there are five parts. Rambo 1, Rambo 2, Rambo 3, Rambo 4, Rambo 5. I'm talking about Rambo 2. 
in Rambo 2, the blow man. You know who a blow man is? Is that not? Yeah. The blow man called John Rambo, he had my name, John, was sent to go and check out and confirm whether it was true that some um, American prisoners were being held in a concentration camp somewhere. And to help him on this mission was a young lady. As they sailed on the boat, the young lady asked him, the blood John, why did they send you? Why you? Why did you come alone? And he said something very interesting to the lady. He said to her, it is because I am expendable. And the lady said, what mean expendable? And he explained that when there's a party and you don't show up for the party, it doesn't matter. That's what it means to be expendable. It just said, oh, by you. So one man and say she, you will not be expendable anymore in this life. And anybody who treats you as expendable and dispensable, may God surprise that person. Amen. Can I hear your loudest? Amen. Amen. Your life will no longer be insignificant. I'm telling you from today, if you are not around, people will feel it. If you are not there, people will feel it. And it will be so obvious that you are not around. You will no longer be expendable in this life. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. And so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Mori. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 and here we're going to read from verse 8 to verse 10. Hebrews chapter 11, reading from verse 8 to verse number 10. New Living Translation, you got it right again. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Bow down your heads and let us pray. And so, Father, here we are at the point of receiving your word. I pray in the name of Jesus, let your word come forth without hindrance. Let it come forth in strength, in power. Anoint me to deliver your word with simplicity and in clarity. That every single person under the sound of my voice will receive instruction, will receive inspiration 
will receive guidance and will receive direction for their lives. Let the sweet presence of your Holy Spirit continue to be felt here even throughout this period when your word is about to be preached. And thank you, Father, that the angels are also here with gifts for your people. May everyone hearing me today receive his or her portion. And may our lives never be the same after this sermon. In Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say amen. amen. Now this morning, I want to share with you a message I have titled, The Risks of Faith. The Risks of Faith. Risk is spelled R-I-S-K. So do not spell it R-I-K-S. The risks of faith. Singular is risk and plural is risks. So I'm sharing with you about the risks of faith. Now, let's have some definitions before we go into the main thrust of today's sermon. What is faith? What is faith? Now, if you are looking for the best place to understand what faith is, I would recommend that you go into the Bible. Because the Bible is a book of faith. And it's a book that has stories about faith people and what happened in their lives. And so to understand what faith is, I want us to look at the ever-popular chapter in the Bible that dwells extensively on faith. I'm referring to Hebrews chapter 11 and reading from verse 1. Now, this is the New Living Bible, not New Living Translation. I don't know whether I have New Living Bible. Don't worry. Now, in the New Living Bible, it says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Amen. Good News Translation defines faith as this. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. Did you get that? All right. So, of course, King James says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. So just from this one verse in the Bible, you can understand what faith is. To put everything together and to summarize it, I will say that faith is the confidence, the assurance, the certainty that you have what you are hoping for and that what you are hoping for will materialize. Should I say it again? I will. Faith is the confidence, the assurance, the certainty you have that what you are hoping for will materialize. I am kind, so I'll repeat it one more time. Faith is the confidence, the assurance, the certainty you have that what you are hoping for will materialize. Amen. It is also the conviction that what you haven't yet seen or experienced is real and that you already have it. It is the conviction that what you haven't yet seen or experienced is real. You already habit. So that is what faith is. So it is the confidence, it is the assurance, it's the certainty you have that what you are hoping for will materialize. It is also the conviction that what you haven't yet seen or experienced is real that you already have it. Today, as you hear the word of God, may he fill your heart with confidence. May he fill your heart with assurance. May he fill your heart with the certainty 
that what you are hoping for, it will materialize in your life. I said what you are hoping for, it will materialize in your life. I don't give a hoot about how long it has taken. I don't really care about how much time has elapsed without you actually seeing and handling those things. I am declaring to you that your expectations will not be cut off and your hopes will be fulfilled. May your heart be filled with conviction today that what you haven't seen or experienced, it is actually there and at the right time, God will manifest it in your life. I want you to believe that what you are believing him for, you already have it. I said you already have it. So when I say the thing, declare I already have it. Blessings. Prosperity. Good health. Healing. Peace of mind. A good marriage. A happy family. Wonderful children. A good job. A visa to travel places. Shout, I already have it. I already have it. I already have it. Shout, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So that is what faith is. Now, what is risk? Or what is a risk? Remember I said I'm giving you some definitions before I move into the main um, text of our scripture. What is risk or what is a risk? A risk is the exposure to the chance of injury or loss. It is the exposure to the chance of injury or loss. So what it means is that if you are exposed to something that can cause you to be hurt or to be injured or to suffer loss, it means that you are experiencing a risk. Amen. So if you step out into something, if you try out something and there is a probability or a high chance that you can get hurt or you can you know, experience some pain or you will have loss, then what we say is that you have experienced a risk or you've gone through a risk. Is that easy to understand? Risk also means a hazard. A hazard is unavoidable danger. Unavoidable danger. So risk means a hazard or dangerous chance. So something that you are stepping into there is unavoidable danger there is danger associated with it or there is a probability that what you are moving into can be very dangerous for you when that happens we say we say that you are taking a risk amen number three risk means to venture into something where there is the probability that things won't go well Risk means to venture into something where there is the probability that things won't go well. So these are different definitions of what risk is. Amen. So it is the exposure to the chance of injury or loss. It is a hazard which is an unavoidable danger or a dangerous chance. You're taking a chance, but it's very dangerous. Number three, it is to venture into something where there is the probability that things won't go well. And then I'll give you a fourth one. It is to take a chance. To take a chance. That's what it means to risk. It means to take a chance. So, let's say, for example, you are driving in traffic and you find yourself behind a very slow car. And you have been following this car for some time. When you look, you can see that there is a lot of space or road ahead of the guy. He won't move away small for you to come and pass. 
at the point you may take a chance to overtake him you may see that there is another car coming but you feel that this guy I have waited too long behind him and I feel that there is enough space and I have the power to be able to overtake him so that I can proceed with my journey when you do that we say you are taking a risk and by the way don't follow certain people in overtaking the guiding principle for overtaking is if you can't see the way clear ahead of you do not overtake as I'm saying this I am rebuking myself because there are a few instances where I have taken a chance but God has been gracious to me hallelujah tell your neighbor watch it my friend don't take unnecessary chances all right now you will notice that based on these definitions I've given you risk sounds like a very negative thing is that not so it sounds very negative and it sounds very very dangerous but you know risk is not just something negative actually there are positive risks and you get that sense when you look at other words or synonyms that are used to define risk a synonym is a word that is similar in meaning to another word then we also have antonym which is a word opposite in meaning to another word so you have learned some english in church today synonym and antonym hmm? don't go and say synonym and antony it's not antony it is antonym amen so there are some words that are used to define risk or that can be used instead of risk and these words make us see risk in a certain sense as a positive thing so some of the words you can use for risk opportunity opportunity another word possibility possibility openness openness the next word adventure adventure instead of the word risk you can use the word adventure another word confront the next one brave so risk in a certain sense can be defined as bravery the next word dare to risk means you are daring next one defy danger defy danger Another word, to face. Risk means to face. It also means to tackle. To tackle. Next one, to take on. To take on. And then the last word, to venture. To venture. So you see, from all these words that I have given you, I believe that it will help us to see risk not just as a negative thing but it is something that can actually be positive for your life hallelujah remember that I'm sharing with you about the risks of faith now I want you to understand my friends that faith is such that it will require you to take certain steps or actions. Faith is such that it will almost always require you to take certain steps or to take certain actions. Look with me at James chapter 2 verse 26. James chapter 2 and verse 26. King James Version. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Did you see that? For as the body without the spirit is dead, when do you die? Or when can we pronounce you as dead? It is when, you said what? They are necessary, so I should ask them. 
Well, next he say, when do we say you are dead? Well, based on this scripture we read, we say you are dead when your spirit has exited your body. So this is not medical sciences. This is proper, proper dead. Because you see, you can be in a coma. Your brain may still be there or it may be dead. But you are not dead. Because <laughs> your spirit is still in your body. And one of the clear signs that your spirit is exited is when your heart stops beating. Sometimes you can be resuscitated. They can do things for, and call, call your spirit back. But the clear sign that you are dead, 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 dead is when your spirit has exited your body. Am I making sense this morning? Now remember that when God created man, he formed him from the dust of the earth. But it was only when he breathed into man that he became a living soul. So the body was there, but without the spirit, it was not alive. It only came alive when God breathed into it and imparted his spirit of the breath of life, of the spirit of life into that body. And that is when Adam came alive. So we say you are dead when your spirit has departed. Now the Bible is saying that as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So as the spirit is to the body, so are works or actions or steps to faith. You cannot say that you have faith unless we see corresponding works attached to that faith. And so in an earlier verse in James chapter 2, it says that show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith with works. So this verse is explaining to us that faith requires that you take certain steps, that you do certain works, that you take certain actions. That is when we can truly say that you have faith. But ladies and gentlemen, there's a little problem and there's a little challenge. And the challenge is this, that in order to do certain works, are you here? Or in order to take the steps or the actions that faith require, you are going to meet certain situations which may demand that you take risks. I'll say that again. And I'm describing to you what is a challenge in our faith walk. What is this challenge? I've already explained to you that faith requires that you take certain steps or certain actions or you do certain works. But the problem with this is that sometimes those works that you have to do, those steps you have to take, those actions you have to apply may require you to do dangerous things and to take risks. And ladies and gentlemen, understand that without those risks, if you don't take those steps, if you don't venture into things that sometimes look very dangerous, if you don't take a chance, what can happen to you is that what you are hoping for and what you want to see in your life, you may never see them and they will never materialize. Hallelujah. May I suggest to you today also that it is our unpreparedness to take certain risks that explains why sometimes we don't experience the blessings, the breakthroughs, and the progress that we so desire for our lives. And the reason is because you claim to have faith, but the actions that you have to take which in certain instances require that you do dangerous things or you take certain risks 
you are not prepared to take those things or to do those things and so because of that certain things that you're supposed to see or you want to see in your life you may never end up seeing them hallelujah today i pray for you may the spirit of god fill your heart with boldness and with confidence and grant unto you the ability to take all the risks necessary for you to see a manifestation of the blessings and the promotion and the goodness of the Lord in your life. Shall I receive it three times? Say it again. Say it one more time. I am sharing with you about the risks of faith. Write this down. Everything in this life is a risk. May we? Everything in this life is a risk. So there are no 100% guarantees anyway. So in case you were thinking that you can avoid risks all the time, let it be known unto you that without knowing, you have actually been taking a lot of risks in this life. And everything in this life has a risk element attached with it. Remember the definitions that I gave you for risk. It is exposure to the chance of injury or loss. It is a dangerous chance. It is to take the chance or run the chance of something. It's a venture into something where there's a probability that things will not go well. So everything in this life is a risk. Now, how did you know when you went to sleep last night that you will wake up? Somebody say, it is a risk. Do you know that if you were to be told that if you go to bed, like last night, that if you dare sleep last night, you will not wake up, what will be your response? I shall not sleep. <laughs> you keep your eyes wide open. You will look for pets to hold up your eyelids. You see what they do when they are counting ballots and people don't want to sleep. They open their eyes like this. Mercy Lord. So anytime you go to sleep, understand that you are taking a risk. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Do you know that every time you leave your home to hit town, you are taking a risk? Anytime you climb into your car to drive out, you are taking a risk. How many have heard it being said of somebody that or die, you know, one, sorry. Have you heard that statement before? Have you heard it being said, say, okay, you know, one, yeah, it happens. May that not be the story of your life, la. May God watch over you and preserve you when you sleep, may you wake up in the name of Jesus. May you not die prematurely. There are people who choke in their sleep. That will not be the story of your life. Do you know that there are people who jump out of their bed and they can't walk again? Look, there are a lot of mysterious things that happen in life. That's why I'm explaining to you that everything in this life is a risk. Risk in Kwan. True. When you jump onto a trotro or a metro bus that is going wherever, you are actually taking a risk. Amen. You know, anytime I hit our motorway, bigger risk. You know, I want to suggest if somebody knows the president or knows a high-ranking member in his government, they should tell him that they should not call that road motorway. They should call it riskway. It's a very dangerous road. Yeah. Very dangerous road. And it is to our shame as a nation that ever since the first president of this nation constructed that road, 
we have not been able to add on even one inch. And we can't even maintain it. Can you also tell our leaders for me, please, that rather than asphalting and over asphalting and over asphalting roads that don't have a problem, can they please come to motorway? They should, I beg your pardon. Can they please come to the risk way and fix it? And they should come to Bechele, Michel Camp, Afienya Road, and they should come and fix it. Instead of going to the places where road the problem is. I don't want to mention areas. Because mommy has told me that I shouldn't do like what I was doing before. <laughs> So, I'm explaining to you that everything in this life is a risk. So, that's something I asked you to write down. Did you write it down? Yeah. I'm, I'm leading us to a certain point, so don't get lost. In life, write this down. In life, you may get to a point where you are confronted by only two options. In life, you may get to a point where you are confronted by only two options. What are these options? To take the risk and expect results or not to take the risk and expect nothing. So in life, you may get to a point where you are confronted by only two options. And the options are Take the risk and expect results. Or don't take a risk and expect nothing. She, zero, four. That's something you should understand. Then the last thing I want you to write down is that God mostly uses people who are willing to get out of their comfort zones. God mostly uses people who are willing to get out of their comfort zone. In other words, he uses people who are willing to take risks. I'm telling you something very important for your life and my life. That God mostly uses, and I just say, God usually blesses people who are willing to get out of their comfort zone. Your comfort zone is a zone where you feel comfortable. You feel at ease. You feel at peace. It's a zone that you're familiar with. That's your comfort zone. And I'm submitting to you that God mostly uses and mostly blesses people who are willing to get out of their comfort zones. He uses people who are willing to take risks. Hallelujah. So now, let's talk. I'm sharing with you about the risks of faith. I've defined to you what faith is. I have explained to you what risks are. And I've made certain important statements to help you to understand that everything in this life is a risk. That in life you'll be confronted many times by two options. To take a risk and see certain good things in your life or not to take a risk and end up with nothing. And I've also explained to you that God mostly and usually uses and blesses people who are prepared to get out of their comfort zone and who are prepared to take risks. We read the story of Abraham from Genesis chapter 12 and then from Hebrews chapter 11. And the story of Abraham is the story of a man who earned the title, the father of faith. Now, understand that Abraham pleased God 
Not because he was perfect. Because Abraham was not perfect at all. He pleased God because he had faith in God. And he believed God. And Abraham had to take certain steps as evidence of his faith in God. And many of the steps that he took were high risk moves. And that's what I need you to understand. And that is what we can grasp from the two scriptures that I read for you. Let's look at the risk that Abraham took. Number one, the risk of embarking on a major mission for your life based on a voice or a conviction. The risk of embarking on a major mission for your life based on a voice or a conviction. Genesis 12 verse 1, put it up for me. We are looking at the risks that Abraham took as a result of his faith. Abraham was a man of faith and he earned the reputation of the father of faith. And faith without works is dead. As a result of his faith, he had to take certain steps and make certain moves and do certain works. But we discover about him that many of the steps that he had to take as a result of his faith were high-risk moves. The first one is the risk of embarking on a major mission for his life based on a voice or a conviction. Genesis 12 verse 1. New Living Translation, please. So stay with NLV for the rest of the sermon. The Lord had said to Abraham, the Lord did what? So what did he do to Abraham? He spoke to him. So it was a voice. Now, when the Bible says here that the Lord had said to Abraham, it does not explain exactly how. But I can figure out that God did not appear physically to Abraham to commune, commune or communicate with him. Anywhere God appeared physically, the Bible recorded it. So I can safely say that here Abraham had a voice. And he told himself that it was the voice of God. And the voice said to him, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. But why didn't he say your mother's family? And your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. Look at Hebrews 11 verse 8. Hebrews 11 verse 8. Hebrews 11 verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God will give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. So this guy called Abraham embarks on a major mission for his life because he had a voice. And he was convinced that the voice that he heard was the voice of God. There are many voices that speak to us all the time. How can you be certain that a particular voice that you are hearing is the voice of God? There is a risk factor associated with it. And the major mission that he was embarking on was the mission to leave home, his country. So the second risk is the risk of leaving a familiar environment to enter an unknown one. That's what Abraham did. That was a risk that he took. He left a familiar environment 
He left his native country. He left his father's house. Put up that scripture again. He left his native country. He left his father's house. He left his family. He left his father's family. Now, these are things that he was familiar with. These were things that he knew. This was an environment that he was familiar with. Yet he hears a voice and he leaves all to go on a mission and to go on an adventure. Remember I told you that risk is adventure. Some of us, our lives are too boring. May God lead us into adventures. What's it? Mm. Number three, the risk of leaving your comfort zone. So not only did he leave a familiar environment, he left his comfort zone. He left a zone that he was comfortable with because you will be comfortable in your native country. You and I are very comfortable in Ghana. Is that not so? Yeah. Or comfortable relatively. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but look, by the grace of God, I've had opportunity to travel to many places in the world. But there's no place like home. I have slept in some of the most exotic hotels in the world. You can't five star. I mean proper five star. Because in a certain country whose name begins with Jane or Jane, they call certain hotels five star, four star, three star. But in a certain dispensation, it will be half star. When I say that I have slept in five star hotels, I mean just that. I've slept in the Hilton. Mm. I've slept in the Sheraton. Some of them I can't even remember their names. They say Bebrekwa. But no matter how exciting the trip is and enjoyable the trip is, I can never wait to come back home. Because you see, if you any fear. Why? Because that's where I feel most comfortable. That's where I feel at rest. I'm telling you. And home does not necessarily have to be flashy or have certain things for it to become a home. Home is where your heart is. Home is where there's a lot of love. I'm telling you, I can show you homes and houses where there are anything and everything that you are looking for. But in that house, troubling risks, I'm telling you, some of the happiest places on the planet Earth are the most deprived. If you want to see where real action is in Ghana, go to Choco. Go to Nima. Go to where? Go to Lante Mami. Yeah. Happiness in They fight. They make up. They eat. They are happy. They sit outside. They do jama. They can bath outside. They can cross the... The guy lives here to go and bath. He has to cross the highway to go to the other side. And it's not a problem. He's very happy where he is. With his towel. Is that not so? Too fantastic. And a pail. With the support. It's too fantastic. I'm talking about a comfort zone. A familiar environment. That was what Abraham left. To go on his adventure. It was a risk. I said it was a risk. And as a result of his faith. He took that risk. The next one. The risk of stepping into the unknown. 
that move that he made, that was what he was doing. He was stepping into the unknown. He didn't know where he was going, la. He didn't know what awaited him. Have you heard this statement before? The fear of the unknown. Yeah. There is a certain fear that grips you when you are stepping into something that you are not familiar with and something that you don't know about. And Abraham stepped into the unknown when he embarked on this, his adventure. He hears a voice. The voice says to him, why are you taking the scripture off? He hears a voice and he leaves his native country, his relatives, his father's family, and he goes to the land that I will show you, of which he had no experience, of which he had no... And they don't mention the name of the land. (laughs) No GPS. You can't find the place on the Google map. Do you know Google Abraham had been sent a location he could have pulled it up on the internet and obtained an aerial satellite view of the place it would have made his experience relatively easier there was nothing like that It was a risk of stepping into the unknown. Next risk, the risk of moving away from people you know, people you are used to, family and friends. Look at verse 4. Verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. Actually, same verse 1. He moved away from the people he knew, the people he he was used to, from his family and from his friends. He left his relatives. He left his father's family. He left them. He had a voice. He believed in that voice, that it was the voice of God. He was convinced about it. And what did he do? He left the people he knew. The people he was familiar with. The people he had companied with. The people he had related with. He left them to move into something that was very dangerous. It was a risk. And that's what Abraham did. The next one. The risk of taking a major decision for your life based on a promise. Move to verse 4. The risk of taking a major decision for your life based on a promise. Go back to verse 1. Verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. Promise. I will bless you and make you famous. Promise. And you will be a blessing to others. Promise. Next one. I will bless those who bless you. Promise. And I will curse those who treat you with contempt. Promise. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Fantastic. Promise. Promise is a day. So based on these promises... Verse 4. Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. Based on these promises, he took a major decision for his life and he left. That is risk. And he made all these things, he made all these moves, he took all these chances out of faith. Risks. The next one, the risk of embarking on an adventure in your old age. The risk of embarking on an adventure in your old age. Verse 4. How old was he? 
75 years. By 75 years, what you expect him to do when every month you will receive his pension, then in the morning, he will put a chair in front of his gates and receive greetings. This was something that my mother used to do in her old age. She will ask them to put a chair in front of the gate and she will sit there. Then she'll be looking at people who are passing by, expecting a greeting. They'll greet her, Grandma, morning. What you do? Morning, Mabba. What's Wonderful. And my mother, to know, yeah, so when she speaks more, she would intersperse it with some English words. She would see children who have closed from school going home and she'll call them. How was school? What did you learn today? Yes. This was her old age. Listen, when you are old, you just want peace of mind. Even walking becomes a problem. Because you see, in your old age, there are a lot of fears that you have. I will slip and fall. I will break my leg. I, I, I will injure myself. That is old age. Yet you see Father Abraham, 75 years old, and he says, I am going on an adventure. Papa, where are you going? And that is the answer. I don't know. His family could easily have called for a psychiatrist. That this man is suffering from dementia. He's having hallucinations. He said he heard a voice that said, Abraham! 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 And said he responded, Mura! He said, leave your father's house and go to the place I will show you. He insisted that he had heard a voice. His father asked him, my son, where are you going? He said, I'm going somewhere. They said, where are you going? I don't know the name of the place, but God has spoken to me that I should go. And therefore, what am I doing? risk. The next one, the risk of subjecting your close family and associates to uncertainties. Verse 5. The risk of subjecting your close friends and associates to uncertainties. He took his wife, his nephew, family, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he carried everybody his associates his wife added his nephew which became a problem eventually he carried all of them into a venture which didn't have any guarantees and he led them into uncertainties the next one the risk of pumping all your resources into a new venture which doesn't come with any guarantee. He says he took all his wealth. All his wealth. He took everything that he had and pumped it into this mission, into this vision, into this agenda. I'm talking to you about the risks of faith. The next one, the risk of having to deal with people who don't believe in what you believe in. Genesis 12, verse 6. Verse 6. Abraham traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Mori. At that time, the area was inhabited by who? Canaanites. Foreigners. 
People who didn't believe in the God you believe in. People who had a culture different from your culture. People who were into idolatry. People whose lives were very some way. These are the people he had to relate with. These are the people he had to deal with. And it was all in response to a voice that he had heard. And out of faith, he took this step to relate with such people. Next one. The risk of pressing on when you still can't see anything. Hebrews 11 verse 9. The risk of pressing on when you still can't see anything. Hebrews 11 verse 9. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner. Where was he living? In tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob. He passed on this whole adventure thing to his son and to his grandson who inherited the same promise. I'm explaining to you somebody who still pressed on and persevered. Listen, this promise that God made to him, it did not materialize in a year, in two years, in five years. It took a long time. So much so that even he himself, he never really experienced the promise in a certain way. But he took that risk and he pressed